What is going on, everybody? I hope you are all having an amazing day. I'm your host, Kevin Cohn, here welcoming you to episode number 39 of Broad Sports. And today, we actually have our first big guest. This man here, I became acquainted with him through TikTok. He is just over 3,900 followers. He is a professional sports journalist living in Canada from Mac Daddy, the Ryan Show. I got my man, Nick Mac. How you doing, my friend? Uh, Kevin, thank you for that introduction, man. I'm doing great. I'm just glad to be here. Um, get ready to talk about any and all things sports. Let's get into it, man. Exactly, my friend. Well, today we have my weekly segment. I started this last season when I developed my podcast last April. We are diving into my weekly segment where we go over the top 25 for this week in college football. Look at the top 25 games of the week and make our picks. And then also we make our NFL picks of the week. You ready, my friend? I'm ready to do this. Let's go. All right, here we go. So taking a look at last week's top 25, it was not a great weekend for sports bettors, as I believe really only Coastal Carolina was the only top 25 team to cover their spread last week. Wow, that's an, that is an interesting stat, man. I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, Ohio State and Alabama did, but that was expected with the teams that they were playing. But, yeah, yeah those three were the ones who covered. But there were four teams last week that dropped out of the top 25. But before we say that, I want to give a quick congratulations, and I did it on Saturday on my TikTok page, to Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly. With his win over Wisconsin back on Saturday in Chicago, he passed legendary head coach Newt Rockney for all-time winning as head coach in Notre Dame football history. Congratulations, Coach Kelly. Yeah, congrats, Coach Kelly, man. He, uh, he well-deserved. He's been there a long time. He's really done the job to turn that program around after they kind of took a downturn after the Charlie Weiss era a little bit there. And it's just good to see Notre Dame football in that upper echelon again. I would have to agree. And also the crazy part that I did not know about this, he beat a record that stood for 90 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I absolutely agree. So let's take a look at the four teams that did drop out of the top 25 from last week. Number 14, Iowa State dropped out of the top 25 after a very close two-point loss in Waco to the Baylor Bears. It was not their best performance, but they did fight until the end. Yeah, not surprising that Iowa State fell out of the top 25 there because looking at the top 25 now, um, there's definitely some teams that deserve to be there You know, you know, after their loss to Baylor. I definitely agree. Speaking of Notre Dame football, the team that they beat following Graham Mertz threw four interceptions for the Wisconsin Badgers on Saturday against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, including in the last three minutes, the last two Wisconsin drives, he threw two pick sixes to secure the 41-13 victory for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Wisconsin Badgers dropped to one and two in the year, and they went from number 18 to not being ranked in the top 25 at all. So weird not seeing Wisconsin in the top 25, man. 
I got to be honest. It's just so weird not seeing the Badgers up there. I would agree because, I mean, realistically, when you look at the Big Ten West for years and years and years, really it's just a grudge match between Wisconsin and Iowa. So it's just like, really? They dropped out? Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's always, always up there, you know, and they're always giving an Iowa to run for their money. And, you know, most, most of the years, especially when I was growing up, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's been a powerhouse. So, you know, obviously not a powerhouse in the sense of Alabama or Clemson as of late, or even, you know, some of those better SEC teams, but they've always been a top 10, top 15, top 20 team. Yeah, I would have to agree, especially when you look at all the talent that has come out of Wisconsin. I mean, Melvin Gordon, James White, Russell Wilson, all three of the Watt brothers. Yeah. I mean, they have produced some of the best NFL talent that we have in the game today. And again, one of the, you know, and Ertz, he's one of those, he's one of those guys that is not living up to the hype. Not, not, you know, a lot of people were hyping him up before the season, Heisman candidate, this and that. I, I don't see it. I definitely don't see it right now. One and two, you know, college, that's what makes college football so great is because starting off the season one and two, you really don't have a chance to dig yourself out of that hole. No, not at all. I mean, everyone, yeah, a lot of people had high hopes for Graham Mertz because they explained, yes, Wisconsin's uh, season was basically destroyed last year due to COVID outbreaks on their team. But if you look at the first two games from last year, Graham Mertz did amazing. And then as soon as he started developing turnovers, he just went poorly. I mean, just in this season alone, he threw his first passing touchdown of the of the year last week and he has one passing touchdown to six interceptions no that's that is just abysmal there's no other word to describe that but it's just absolutely abysmal i would have to agree my friend also dropping out of the top 25 was one of the another heisman candidate and sam howell and coach mac brown and the number 21 north carolina tar heels after getting smacked by Georgia Tech in Atlanta last Saturday. Man, it's just, it's kind of funny. It, it's almost like there's a parallel between these rookie quarterbacks in the NFL and these Heisman hopefuls in college where just no one is living up to the hype. Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree. I mean, <laughs> North Carolina already suffered their second loss of the season, and both of their losses were in conference. And this team was projected to, playing the ACC championship game. Hell, some people thought that they were going to get to the playoff instead of Clemson. Well, it turns out both of them aren't going to make the playoff. I don't think Clemson's going to be there either. I don't even know if the ACC is going to make the playoff. No, I I definitely, you know, I'm going to take your line here. I have to agree with you on that. I don't think the ACC makes it at all. I think it's, it's going to come down to Ohio State and Alabama. I would have to agree because, I mean, realistically, if you look at the ACC, they really only have three teams left. They have Wake Forest, who lost to West Virginia, who lost to Maryland. So that really doesn't – yes, Maryland's undefeated right now, but that really doesn't help their strength of schedule, especially since West Virginia is a 500-ball club. And you have undefeated Wake Forest and undefeated Boston College, but Boston College's significant win was against a Missouri team last week that honestly isn't even playing that great either. 
Right. I got a special spot in my heart for Boston College. I was in college in Boston, not at Boston College, but I got to see Matt Ryan play at Boston College. So I always have a special place in my heart for them, even though you and I um, are both, you know, Nittany Lion fans. So, you know, I, I hope that Boston College can sustain, but I don't think either Wake Forest or Boston College can sustain this for the full season. I agree, especially, I mean, I, I agree with you. I do have a soft spot. For Boston College, I had two uncles that did graduate from BC. I've always been a big Matt Ryan fan. And also, crazy enough, I actually played against their starting running back, Patrick Garwell, in high school. Oh, nice. That's a great story for the grandkids. Yeah. And also, I played against – I mean, I've explained it in a couple of my videos on TikTok. I played against Patrick Garwell, the starting quarter or running back for Boston College, and I played against the number four overall draft pick, Kyle Pitts, in high school, and he absolutely destroyed my team. Oh, man, the Swiss Army knife, Kyle Pitts, who is no, who is another guy that is not living up to the hype, but he happens to be stuck in a very anemic offense right now in Atlanta, so I hope they can turn that around for his sake. Yeah, I agree. Also, I played mm-hmm. against DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. Oh, nice. Another guy that needs to step it up in fantasy. Dang well, it. He- in Detroit, but <laughs> <laughs> and also our final team dropping out of the top 25. They were ranked number 25 last week, but had a very, very tough game in Stillwater last week against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. That is the Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah, Kansas State dropping out. They're, they're always hovering around in and out, you know, that 20 to 25 range and then being unranked. Um, you know, not not surprising for me. Not surprising to see Kansas State drop out of there. Um, it's always hard. It's always hard when you're hovering in that range to remain hopeful for a bowl berth or even a top twenty-five berth. And Kansas State's one of those teams that we just don't know what they are. They we don't know what their identity is. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And also, if you're the number, basically, really, if you're one of the bottom five teams, twenty-one to twenty-five, and you lose, that basically means that you're out into the next week but also for the second straight year Skylar Thompson is going down with an injury and that has just derailed the Wildcats offense yeah hard hard to hard to overcome two years in a row losing one of your offensive weapons especially in college you know it's not the NFL where this next man up mentality could lead to a breakout star because in college, usually you know who your guys are, and losing somebody like that, I mean, it's really tough to overcome, especially in a complex offense like they have in Kansas State. I definitely agree with you there. Let's also look at some teams that received some votes but were just outside of the top 25. As my dad likes to say, 26 to whatever the last team (laughs) getting votes is. Yeah. The team that received the most amount of votes – with 131 votes, but did not make the top 25, excuse me, is the Texas Longhorns, which they're they're an okay team. Yeah, they're realistically still in the playoff hunt for the Big 12, but they still had to play undefeated Baylor. They still have to play undefeated Oklahoma State. They still have to play Oklahoma. It, it's going to be a tough stretch for the Longhorns. The Maryland Terrapins, they, they had the second most amount of votes. With 91 votes, the San Diego State Aztecs, they got 57 votes. The team that me and you just briefly talked about a couple minutes ago, the Boston College Eagles, they got 55 votes. The SMU or Southern Methodist Mustangs, 
They get 44 votes after winning their second straight iron skillet against TCU for the first time in decades. The undefeated Kentucky Wildcats got 26 votes. The Iowa State Cyclones, they got 25 votes. The LSU Tigers, they got 24. Arizona State got 23. Virginia Tech got 20. Wisconsin got 13. I like seeing this team back in receiving votes for the top 25. But the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, following their performance last week in Ann Arbor against the Michigan Wolverines, yes, they did come away with the loss, but they got six votes. The Kansas State Wildcats got five votes. The UTSA or University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners got four. The Oregon State Beavers got four after smacking USC in the Coliseum back on Saturday night. The Louisville Cardinals, they got three votes. And the North Carolina Tar Heels wrap up the teams that just missed the top 25 with one vote. A lot lot of teams that when I was growing up, man, were really always towards the top of the standings. And now to see the parity and how almost the shift in power in college football, you know, obviously aside from the Alabamas, the Ohio States, you know, but, you know, to hear USC and, and Tech are barely receiving votes. I, I mean, I was just a kid, but one of the best college championship games I ever seen was the Vince Young versus, you know, Vince Young's Texas team versus Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush's USC team, you know? So to hear them, you know, barely receiving votes is just, it, it's kind of crazy to me, but it's also, you know, that that's where we're at in college football. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say much more than, Hopefully they can uh, they they receive some more votes next week, but I don't see any of those teams crack uh, crack in the top twenty five anytime relatively soon. Yeah, I agree. It's but you were honestly dead on with your opinion. It's crazy because like when you look at teams like USC and Texas, these teams are like historically probably two of the top ten college football programs of all time, and you see them struggling right now. You're like, how is a team with this much historical reputation doing this bad yeah it's just it's 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 kind of it's kind of like a uh you know mind-blowing to me not mind-blowing because you know you you basically we witnessed the shift we witnessed the power shift when Nick Saban took over Alabama and when Dabo Sweeney took over Clemson and even though Clemson's struggling a little bit this year obviously um but yeah man I I mean to I like parody. I like seeing different champions. That's why I don't, you'll, you will never see me rooting for Alabama or Ohio state or any of the power schools, but um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's oh how the mighty have fallen as the old, old saying goes. Yeah, I would definitely agree. So <laughs> with the other receiving votes and the teams that dropped out at top 25, let's take a look at this week's top 25 coming in at number 25 how this team has fallen so far from grace following an overtime loss in Raleigh at Carter Finley stadium to the NC state Wolfpack, the Clemson tigers move all the way down from number nine to number 25. It's crazy. Oof. This team already has two losses in the month of September. I mean, when's the last time we saw that? And it's kind of funny that we start off the show with them. I have a buddy who I've done a little bit of work with and hosted a show with, actually, who was at that game covering the Wolfpack. And uh, he's got video of the of the final 
pass falling incomplete and the place was just electric and you know good for nc state they've needed something big for them um to happen for a long time now so it's good for nc state not so good for clemson wow can't believe it. it's a team that many i'd say 85 to 90 percent of america thought was going to be in the playoff at number 25 unbelievable i i would have to agree <laughs> Coming in at number 24, this is a newcomer also from the ACC. They moved in after smacking UVA around in Charlottesville last Friday night, undefeated at 4-0, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Wow, man. Wow. that's Wake Forest is one of those schools you typically think of basketball. You know, you don't really, you don't really think of football, but good for them, man. Good to hear that they're all the way up at 24. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you because when you think of Wake Forest, you would think of like Chris Paul and you would think of like Tim Duncan. You don't really Tim think, Duncan, yeah. oh, this team won the ACC 15 years ago. And you're like, really? They did? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's insane. Coming in at number 23, also from the ACC, a newcomer. The team that beat Clemson, the NC State Wolfpack. You know, just for my buddy Joe Skirty, Skirto, go Wolfpack, go, man. <laughs> good for them. Again, that's another story of good for them. Uh, you know, I don't, I haven't been paying much attention to NC State or the ACC, but judging by these rankings, I think I got to turn my TV on a little more to the ACC games. This is getting good here. Yeah, I would have to agree. It, but it's also like crazy to think that like Wake Forest is on top of the Atlantic Division which has been ran by Clemson and Florida State for like the last 15 years. Yep. Yep. I I mean, those two schools that you just mentioned, Clemson and Florida State, those are the class, quote unquote, that you think of when it comes to the uh, Atlantic there. But, you know, to see Wake Forest and NC State there, man, again, you know, I think it's great for the game and I think it's great for the sport. I agree. But you you have to admit, this is a weird season. When you see Wake Forest 4-0, and Florida State is 0-4. Just, I can't remember, I can't remember the last time I've seen that, or if that's ever happened before. Yeah. Well, I don't know when the last time Florida State started 0-4, but when they lost their game last week, funny enough, to wake, or two weeks ago, funny enough, it was to Wake Forest, that was the first time they started 0-3 <laughs> since 1976. Yeah, see, I've never seen that happen. I was born 13 years later. So, again, never seen that happen. And uh, tough to be my dad these days. He's a big Florida State fan. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of, you know, give him the jibs and jabs when, when, when Florida State struggles. So, you know, yeah. not, not, definitely not the year to be a Florida State fan. I, I would have to agree. This, I don't agree with the Associated Press, but. Coming in at number 22, this team moved up one spot from 23 to 22, even though they struggled last week with the Georgia State Panthers. Their state oh. of the game was with 45 seconds left, but they still pulled away with a 34 to 24 victory over the Panthers. Coming in at number 22, the Auburn Tigers. Again, man, another team that I grew up. You know, I watched them. I watched Cam Newton bring them, you know, to prominence. And you're right. To struggle against Georgia State is not 
is is not vindicative of where their place is in the standings. I I don't, I don't know, man. I, sometimes it's really hard to gauge where the Associated Press goes with their rankings. I'm with you. I don't agree with them being number 22. Yeah, I mean, I get it. The Penn State game, it was a heartbreaker, but then you come home and play that bad against a Sunbelt team? Yeah, that's that's just – it's absolutely – it's – I don't know. I think, you know, as the college football season moves along, teams like Auburn who have been struggling and lost heartbreakers and have been in these close games, you really find out who they are, and then they eventually fall where they need to fall. Yeah, I agree. But there's just something about the Sun Belt. Somehow these teams stick around with these SEC teams. Like 2017, prime example, when Troy upset number 25 LSU – on their homecoming. Right. And you're like, Troy? (laughs) One, Tiger Stadium against LSU. Yeah. In, in, yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) but it's so funny. You get these, you get those wacky upsets and sometimes the AP doesn't, doesn't take them into effect. You know, when they're doing their standings, enough. You know what I mean? When those big stats, uh, upsets happen, I think they should drop more dramatically than they do. But that's just me. I would 100% agree. Coming in at number 21, a newcomer from the Big 12. After beating Iowa State last week at home, they move into the top 25 for the first time since, I believe, 2018 when Matt Rule was there at number 21 the Baylor Bears. Good for Baylor. Another team that you automatically think of basketball, but good for Baylor. Good for Baylor, man. I mean, um, I guess I, I usually think of a basketball because I'm such a basketball fanatic, but, you know, uh, good good for Baylor. Uh, good for them bouncing back after losing their coach who is definitely finding some success in the NFL. Uh, good for Matt Rule. Good for Baylor. Both of them, uh, both of them, you know, doing big things. So I'm actually happy for Bailey. Yeah, I, I would have to agree as well. It, it's crazy that the, that this man has the team back in the top 25. But coming in at number 20, this team honestly impressed me last week against Stanford, moving up four spots from number 24 to number 20. The Chip Kelly. Oh, I hate that name. The Chip Ugh. Kelly at UCLA Bruins. Ah, uh, you know, good for UCLA. I can't stay. I'm with you. Even though I'm a Giants fan, you're an Eagles fan. You hate them for a different reason. I just, I can't, I can't, I don't have anything nice to say about Chip Kelly. So my mama always taught me, I don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Good for UCLA. <laughs> yeah. Coming in at number 19. This is also a newcomer from the big 12, but. This is always a team that finds their way into the top 25 no matter what, led by legendary head coach, as I like to call him, the mullet, Mike Gundy, number 19, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Love it. Love it. Love Mike Gundy. Love Oklahoma State. Could see them up in the teens in the rankings. I agree. And also when I think of Mike Gundy, I think of one of the most legendary head coaching rants against the media ever. Come oh, absolutely. Me. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a 
I, that was a great Mike Gundy impersonation, Kev. I got to tell you, that was that was perfect. I was going to do it, but I don't even need to. That is perfect spot on. Yeah. Coming in at number 18. This team struggled a little bit last week. They were 30 point, 30 point favorites against the UNLV Bruins. All right. Rebels, excuse me. University of Nevada, Las Vegas Rebels. Yep. They still pulled out the win, moving up four spots from number 22 to number 18. The team that beat UCLA and took Oregon to the ropes, Fresno State Bulldogs. Wow, all the way up at number 18. 30 point, 30, 3 0, 30 point favorites. And they won by eight. Well, you know, a win is a win is a win. Um, I, I don't know how you could ever favor Fresno State by 30 in anything, but hey, you know, the, the Vegas is who they are. So, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, to be up at number 18, again, good for Fresno State. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it was close because the game was last Friday and not last Saturday, but who knows? Oh, jeez. Who knows? Coming in at number 17. This team struggled a little bit last week, not going to lie. But they came away with the overtime victory following an Adrian Martinez interception on the second play of the Huskers' first possession in overtime, which led to their game-winning field goal, moving up three spots from number 20 to number 17, the Michigan State Spartans. Wow, Michigan State up at number 17. They could, they they have a chance to keep moving it up a little bit. Um and you said they struggled a little bit last week. Uh, you know, they're, they're an up-and-down squad, but they do have a chance to uh, to improve their position. Whether they live up to that or not, it remains to be seen. But Michigan State at number 17, man, that, that's, a, that's a big jump. Yeah, I agree. But it's also – they have a tough stretch coming up because they still have to play Maryland. Yes, they're not one of the, like, legitimate contenders in the Big Ten, but they're still undefeated. They have to play Penn State. They have to play Ohio State. They have to play Michigan. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Sparty. Well, that's why I say they have a chance to really improve on that position. Whether they can do it or not, again, remains to be seen. Yeah. Coming in at number 16, after beating, as I like to say, the living piss out of the University of Massachusetts Minutemen, 53-3. to <laughs> this team moves up one spot from 17 to 16. The Coastal Carolina Shonicleers. Learn how securing your guns can help. Coastal Carolina moving all the way up. Wow. I mean, did any of us really think that they could move up that far? I don't know. But, geez. Uh, hopefully they keep it up. It's good to see an unknown team get all the way up there in the rankings. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I've been a big fan of Coastal Carolina for the longest time. I, I almost hell, I almost went to school there. So Sean's up. My cousin just graduated Coastal Carolina. So I always like seeing the Shauna Clears. Coming in at yeah. number coming in at number fifteen. This team struggled in Dallas last week in a game that they called the Southwest Classic. This team moved down seven spots or eight spots. <laughs> From number seven to number 15, following their loss to Arkansas, the Texas A&M Aggies. 
Oof. Oof. Wow. That's a giant fall for a, for a you know prominent school there, prominent football school. Man. Yeah. Spots to 15. Woof. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> this is a another move that I don't agree with with the Associated Press. But coming in at number 14, moving up five spots. This team struggled with Rutgers last week but still came away with the 20 to 13 win. And you thought that was supposed to move them up five spots. I don't know about that, but at number 14, a team that I think me and you both hate the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, It's tough for me to, uh, it's tough for me to hate Michigan. Uh, I, you know, obviously, you know, being a Penn state fan, I'm, I, there's a little disdain there uh, of course, but, my stepdad's favorite team who has since passed on. So there's always a soft spot as Got well with, with Michigan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with the jump. Yeah, I agree. But the thing with Michigan is I, I hate their football team, but I'm really impartial to every other sport that they have, especially basketball, because one of their assistant coaches, Phil Martelli, who used to be the head coach of SJU, I actually went to high school with his nephew, who is now playing baseball at Liberty. He played at North Carolina our freshman year, then transferred to a JUCO college in Florida and just committed to Liberty last year. So I'm I'm proud of my friend. Hopefully he does great with the Flames, but that's why I just can't hate Michigan basketball because of Phil Martelli. Oh, I can't hate Michigan basketball because of Jawan Howard. Always been a big Jawan Howard fan. I think he's doing wonders for that basketball program. Tough for me to hate Michigan basketball as well. Yeah, I mean, even though I am a Villanova fan, I've had a lot, a lot of my family graduated from SJU, and I have a lot of respect for Phil Martelli, and SJU did him dirty. Which I can explain that in a different video, but screw it, I'll explain it. So, you know the Philadelphia legends, you know Fran Dunphy, Speedy Morris, and Phil Martelli. So, the year that Fran Dunphy retired, the SJU athletic director came to Phil Martelli, who was thinking about retiring anyway, but he said, no, this is Fran's year. The athletic director of SJU said, resign or you're fired. And he said, I'm not resigning. So he fired Phil Martelli the same year Fran Dunphy retired at Temple. They did him dirty. Nick, you still there? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, I was just making sure you heard me. And I always, you know, college sports, they're always shadowy and shysty. And um, I, I've always liked Phil Martelli as well, so I'm right there with you. Yeah. Coming in at number 13, even though this team did struggle with the South Florida Bulls last week, they still got the win and moved up two spots. For number 15 and number 13, the BYU Cougars. Well, I think BYU moving up to 13 is just a uh, it's just a hazard of the business, so to speak. When all these other big schools and teams you don't expect to be dropping out and other teams making moves up that you don't expect to be moving up, BYU is one of those teams that's benefited from it. 
I would have to agree. This is uh, – we haven't seen this team this high since, I want to say, maybe 2016 or 2015. But coming in at number 12, hailing from the SEC West, the Ole Miss Rebels. Wow. Yeah, good to see Ole Miss back up there, man. And it's good to see an SEC team – you know, the SEC is always going to be strong. It's always going to, you know, and there's always going to be that one team from the SEC you don't expect to make the moves they make. And th- this year, that's old Miss, and good for them. Good for them, you know. Uh, big Eli guy, so I kind of like old Miss. Of course. Oh, I love seeing this one, though. Coming in at number 11, even though they did blow out Akron last Saturday, which, since I am a Philly guy, St. Joe's Prep alumnus, Kyle McCord got his first career start for the Buckeyes on Saturday. They still moved down one spot from 11 to 10, and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, I don't have a lot of good things to say about Ohio State. <laughs> I, don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I'm not an Ohio State guy, man. Neither am I. Because, I mean, Ohio State, like, they've had a lot of problems, especially on their defense this season, especially when it comes against the run. I pointed it out on my episode a couple weeks ago when they played Oregon. I said they were terrible against the run, and a dual-threat quarterback was going to be the death of them. And what happened with Oregon? Four of their five touchdowns were accounted for by their running backs. Just say. Are you having connections problems, Nick? I don't. Yeah, I can hear you. There was just and like I can hear you. Oh, if you said anything. Oh, I did. That that's weird. Uh, what I said was that run defense is definitely going to hurt them. Um, when they're jockeying for position for a bowl, you know, for a bowl game, a prominent bowl game, or for a playoff, uh, yeah, that run defense is definitely going to come back and haunt them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Coming in at number 10, this team moved up one spot last week, jumped Ohio State after winning their fifth straight. Oh. Third Saturday in September. That's what they call their rivalry with the University of Tennessee. At number 10, Coach Dan Mullins and the Florida Gators. Uh, again, my dad. My dad's somewhat of a Florida boy. Not a, He's not a big uh, Florida Gators fan. Gators, good to see him in the top 10, though. Good to see him. Good to see him up there. Um, don't know how – again, that's one of those teams. I don't know how long they could sustain being in the top ten, but their destiny is in – I would have to agree with you, especially when they still have to play Georgia in a few weeks. Yeah, that, that game is that game's going to have huge implications for sure. I would have to agree. Coming in at number yep. nine, this team was ranked number 12 in the country last week, but following their absolute blowout of Wisconsin in Chicago last week, in their Shamrock series, which this is actually a fun tidbit I learned. That was the 10th ever Shamrock series, and they are 10-0 and all-time in Shamrock series. 
But moving up three spots, Coach Brian Kelly and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Hard to call it a series when one team is never lost. <laughs> yeah, well, the Shamrock Series is just like a special series that they do, and they try to do it in, like, cool stadiums. And sometimes, I believe one time, they had one of the rivalry games in the Shamrock Series with Purdue. I believe it was in Lucas Oil Stadium, but this was their first one since, I believe, 2018 when they played Syracuse in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, right, right. I mean, hey, I I always – when if Penn State ever falls out of it, I'm always pulling for Notre Dame, so, you know, good for them, man. I would have to agree. I always pull for Notre Dame. Coming in at number eight, I believe this is like the first time since 2012, maybe 2011, that they are ranked in the top ten. Following their huge win, Last Saturday against AM. This team is 4 0 for the first time since 2003. They moved up eight spots. The Arkansas Razorbacks. Sam Pittman has turned that program around. Wow. Wow. I haven't watched a, the last time I watched a lot of Arkansas was when Ryan Mallett was quarterback. So, to, you know, hearing that they're 4 0 for the first time in 18 years, wow, that, that's a shocker. <laughs> exactly especially when you look at what they were before Sam Pittman took over last year they won like three games in two years insane wow yeah coming in at number seven it is the highest ranked mid-major school they moved up one spot at number seven, Coach Luke Fickle and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Unbelievable to hear you say Cincinnati is up at seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, and they started the season in the top ten, too, which I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, this is like their first time, especially in multiple weeks, in the top ten since, like, 2009. Yeah, I mean, hey. Good, good for the, uh, good for the, good for the University of Cincinnati, man. Hearing them at number seven is a beautiful thing. Again, the parody this year, the parody that will continue to be in college football is. A I agree. Coming in at number six, thank God this team fell out of the top five, as they they should have never been a top five team this year. As I kept saying for weeks, this team moved down two spots from number four to number six. After struggling again against another opponent, this time West Virginia, but they were able to escape with a 16-13 to victory at number six with the most overrated quarterback in the country, the Oklahoma Sooners. Yep, most overrated quarterback in the country that I actually picked to win the Heisman preseason. So, you know, I, I, I'm not mad at it, though. I'm not mad at them falling out of the top five. They deserve to fall out of the top five. And, uh... I was wrong. I was wrong about Sam Howe. Yeah, I mean, but Spencer Rattler just... No, that's what I meant, Spencer yeah. Rattler. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Sam Howe. I was wrong about Spencer Rattler, and he has not looked like the guy that everybody thought he was going to be, that's for sure. No. Like, the fact that some people think he's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board, hell, some people think he's going to be the number one overall pick is ridiculous. 
Yeah. I mean, it all depends who gets that number one pick, too. Hey, hell, overall pick might go to the, my New York Giants. I draft an old lineman for all I know. I don't know. Gettleman doesn't know how to draft anyway. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Trust me. As an Eagles fan, I'm always screaming at Hallie. Oh, I can't wait for that guy to lose his job just for yours. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to that later, though, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Coming in at number five, this team did not move down, did not move up. Following a uh, poor performance, I would say, against Colorado State, at number five, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Which they really need to have a good performance this week because next week is their big game against uh, number four Penn State. I think your mic's cutting out again, uh, Nick. Nick, can you hear me? Hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now again. So what I said was, what was that? Who's at number four? We are, we are, come on, baby, Penn State. Screw talking about Iowa. Penn State, baby. Exactly. Coming in at number four, jumping up two spots from number six to number four, our guys, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Love what I'm seeing from our guys this year. Hopefully we can keep climbing up those rankings back in the top five where we belong. Let's go. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, especially when I did my preseason rankings, I thought we were going to be 2-1. and one. I did not think that we were going to start 3-0, but this team has lived, honestly, has gone past my expectations. Yeah, exceeded expectations for sure. I'll always be uh, – I'll always be – I mean, it's just whether I'm paying attention to the season or not because I have a lot of things going on, I'm always paying attention to what Penn State is doing. I was right with you. I thought we had a chance to even start – one and two, because we all know that Penn State can are slow starters. They can uh, yep. they can lose to those teams that you're supposed to lose to, and and they've they've shocked me, but shocked me in a good way. And I think honestly, they're they've proven the media wrong. Absolutely, and the media always. I mean, there's never a year where the media doesn't underrate Penn State. So oh, I agree, especially because everyone thought. With last year, especially with COVID, it, with the ON5 start, that James Franklin was on the hot seat, especially after signing that huge extension. But I think these last four games have kind of proved that he's here to stay. Hopefully he doesn't take the USC job. Yep, I'm with you. I would love James Franklin to stay in Nittany Lion forever. I agree. And me and you can skip the top three because they have not changed. Number three is Oregon. Number two is Georgia. And number one is still Alabama. So those are the top 25 picks of the week. I hate you, ESPN. Stop showing me the graphics. Let's take a look into our uh, top 25 games of the week here, Nick. All right, here we go. Uh, I hate you, ESPN, for showing me the top bar. Yes, the the fills are done. I I could care less at this point. We're down three one to the Atlanta Braves. Sorry, the Yankees. Where last time I looked, we're losing five nothing to the Jays. So I'm with you. So the big so 
Top 25 this week starts on Friday. I really can't believe that Friday is going to be October 1st. Time flies. Yeah. But it starts on Friday, October 1st, 2021, at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. It is a battle of two undefeated Big Ten teams that features the number five Iowa Hawkeyes traveling to College Park to take on Talia Tungavailoa and the undefeated Maryland Terrapins. Wow, their spread has actually moved down. The Hawkeyes are favored by three points, and the over-under is at 48. And Nick, since you are my guest, I will let you go first. Can you hear me? We do apologize for this week's episode. We are experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties, but he should be back any moment. Nick, can you hear me? Hello? There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, all right, all right. Um, so what I was saying was, uh, I. So what, what I was, was saying, saying. Oh shoot! I think it reconnected you, and then. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you crystal clear. Okay, perfect. I'm not going to move. Sorry, guys. My phone has been up on the fritz a little bit here, but again, I'm taking Maryland. I'm going to take the a uh, little bit of an upset here. Okay, and. I, b- I believe in Tagovailoa. All right. Uh, my dad is – he went to school in Maryland. He's a big Terps fan. But me and him are kind of on the same page. Talia is great. I mean, it it would be great if Maryland wins this game, especially since our, our guys do play Iowa next week. But I am taking the Hawkeyes. 48 points. I I like the under in that matchup. I do too. I think it's going to be a tough matchup. And uh, like you said, I'd rather see Iowa coming off a loss to Maryland than a big win over Maryland. I would agree. <laughs> At 9 so, Eastern on Friday on the CBS Sports Network, we have the number 13 BYU Cougars traveling to Logan, Utah to take on one of their in-state rivals, the Utah State Aggies. The Cougars, they are favored by eight and a half points, and the over-under is at 62. Ooh. Um, I'm obviously, I think I'm going to take BYU in the matchup. Not quite sure about the over-under. Uh, I'm going to take the under on that one. Yeah, I think I agree. I have the Cougars in this matchup, and uh, I do like the under in this matchup. Yeah. I'm All right, to- for some reason, ESPN doesn't like to keep the games in order for college football for some reason, but I'm just going to read them down the list as they go. At 2.30 on NBC, we have a big matchup. Honestly, the way that the ACC has been playing, this potentially has huge playoff implications. It features the number seven Cincinnati Bearcats at the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Bearcats are favored by two points, and the over-under is at 50 and a half. Uh, Again, I'm taking the upset. I'm going to take Notre Dame. 
I agree. I'm taking the Notre Dame Fighting Irish outright. But both of these offenses are high-powered, so I do like the over in this matchup. Oh, you like the over? Okay, all right. Maybe I'll, I, I'll, I'm not. I'm not too worried about being wrong on the over or the under as long as Notre Dame pulls out the win. I agree. At three thirty p.m. Eastern on Fox, we have the number six Oklahoma Sooners traveling to Manhattan, Kansas, to take on the Kansas State Wildcats. The Sooners are favored by ten and a half points. Over under is at fifty two and a half. And I did a little bit of research into this. The Kansas State Wildcats, they have won two straight against the Oklahoma Sooners. They're looking to win. They're looking to win their third straight against the Oklahoma Sooners for the first time since the 90s when they won five straight from 1993 to 1997. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I don't – you know, this one's a tough one for me. Two teams that desperately – are seeking a resounding win. You know what I mean? But Oklahoma, favored by 10 and a half. I, I Oklahoma covers, covers the spread and takes home the W. Okay. Uh, I do like Oklahoma to win in this game as well. But, however, I am taking the Wildcats to cover because, so far, Oklahoma, they have been double-digit favorites. I, I don't count the Western Carolina game. All three of no, their I, other – wins that they've had this year they were double digit favorites and their opponent covered so they're 0 for 3 in covering double digit threats they were 31 and a half point favorites against Tulane beat Tulane by 5 they were 22 point favorites against Nebraska they beat Nebraska by 7 they were 17 and a half point favorites against West Virginia last week and they won on a game winning field goal so by playing down the competition, so we're waiting for them to break out a little bit here. I'm still, I'm still gonna do it. I'm still gonna take them to cover, but winning by at least eleven. All right, I'm taking the the Wildcats to uh, to cover. Ah, uh, no, no worries, no worries. We're allowed to disagree. Yeah, uh, this is a game that me and you definitely have marked on our calendars all year long. At seven thirty on ABC, this on this game honestly shouldn't even be prime time, but. It is number four, Penn State, hosting Indiana. The Lions are favored by 12 and a half. The over-under is 53 and a half. And like I said, me and you have marked this on our calendar as this is our revenge game after losing last year in Bloomington on one of the most controversial calls in NCAA history. Yep, I cannot wait for this one. I'm, hope- I'm hoping we beat them by four or five touchdowns. Obviously, don't think that's going to happen, but I hope we go in there and smack them around, and I think we do it. I agree. I'm taking Penn State to cover that spread because, as I explained, I do skits as well on my TikTok with Big 12 weekly meetings. What I said is revenge is a dish best served by whooping your ass on live TV. <laughs> on prime time national television. Taking Penn State Nittany Lions. We are! At 7.30 p.m. Eastern on the ACC Network, we have the number 25. It's really weird for me to say this. The number 25 Clemson Tigers hosting the undefeated Boston College Eagles. The Tigers are favored by 15 points. 
and the over-under is 46 points. I really hope BC beats them. I really do. I, I'm rooting for BC. However, I think Clemson wins, but I don't think Clemson covers. I'm in the same boat as you. I have Boston College plus 15, but Clemson does still come away with the win. Yeah. At 9 p.m. on ESPN, we have the number 22 Auburn Tigers traveling to Death Valley to take on the LSU Tigers, as I like to call it, the Tiger Bowl. But the Bayou Bengals are favored by three and a half over the Plains Tigers and the over-under excuse me, and the over-under is 55 and a half points. Ooh, this is a tough one to call for me, Kev. I got to be honest. I'm going to let you go first on this one. <laughs> ah, how do I pick this? Hold on. Let me let me get my voice ready for this. <clears throat> I'm taking the Melissa Tigers. Monastery. Wow, you got the college coach impersonation down, my friend. Just because of that great impersonation, I'm taking LSU. Nothing's better than a Saturday night in the Valley. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not Joey Molinero's impression, but I would say it's not terrible, it's not good, but it's... Oh, it's it's good. It's good. <laughs> At noon on ESPN, this game, in my opinion, should be primetime. It features a top 10 matchup, which preseason you wouldn't think that this would be a top 10 matchup, in Athens between the number two Georgia Bulldogs and the number eight Arkansas Razorbacks. No, definitely didn't think this one was going to be a top 10 matchup, but I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking Georgia as well, but the Bulldogs are favored by 18 and a half points over under is 48 and a half. Put some respect on Arkansas's name. Woo pig suey. Give me Arkansas plus 18 and a half. Uh, yeah, I think Arkansas cover pulls out the W. I agree, but really 18 and a half. I mean, Georgia's offense. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Over the last two weeks, Georgia's offense has outscored their opponents 102 to 13, but they played their two easiest SEC opponents on their schedule in Vanderbilt. They beat 62 to nothing last week. And then the week prior that, they beat uh, South Carolina 42 to 13. They played the two easiest teams in the SEC East. And the last time they played a big opponent, Clemson, week one, they didn't even have an offensive touchdown. They won 10 to 3. But their touchdown came on a pick six. So, just saying. Can you hear me? I'm thinking Arkansas covers, but I think it's a tight matchup. Georgia pulls it out. I agree. At noon on Fox. As much as I love listening to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, I probably will be watching the Arkansas-Georgia game instead. But at noon on Fox, we have the number 14 Michigan Wolverines traveling to Camp Randall Stadium to take on the Wisconsin Badgers. Crazy enough, the Badgers are favored by two points, and the over-under is 43-and-a-half. It pains me to say it, but I'm picking Michigan in the upset as it stands. 
I, I agree, even though I will be rooting for the Badgers. <laughs> I'm taking Michigan. I am too. I think I think I think Wisconsin Rubs. I think they're just headed in a different direction. I think Michigan Michigan's hungry. They looked hungry all year so far, so give me the Wolverines. I mean, they've been hungry, but I'm not impressed when you beat up on two Mac teams and then you struggle with Rutgers. Hey, I, I see where you're coming from. Definitely see where you're coming from, but something yeah. in me just tells me to pick the Michigan Wolverines. So, At 1230 on ESPN3, we have number 24, Wake Forest, hosting the Louisville Cardinals. And Louisville's a good team. The Demon Deacons are favored by six and a half, and the over-under is 61 and a half. Even though Malik Cunningham is a great quarterback for Louisville, I'm still taking the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I don't know if you agree, but just let me know when you get this message. <laughs> the miracle season continues. Give me- I agree, my friend. Give me the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Yes, sir. At 2.30 on ESPN Plus, we have the number 16 Coastal Carolina Shawnaclears hosting in their Sunbelt Conference opener, the UL Monroe Warhawks. The Shawnaclears are favored by 34.5 points, and the over-under is 57.5. Two words, shots up. I'm taking the Shawnaclears. I'm with you 100%, my friend. Yes. At 3.30 on CBS, technically by SEC standards, the prime time is, goes down at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, between number one Alabama and number 12 Ole Miss. The Tide are favored by 14.5 points, and the over-under is 80 points. Oh, definitely taking the under. Yeah. I'm definitely taking the under, and I'm definitely taking Alabama. I'm taking Alabama, but there's there's just something in me. Following that Florida game with Alabama, I like like Ole Miss to cover. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm definitely – maybe, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I – I say I say Ole Miss is going to cover, and then they don't cover, and they get blown out. But <laughs> Ole Miss just looks different this year. So give me give give me Alabama, and give give me Ole Miss to cover as well. I agree. At three thirty on ABC, we have the number three Oregon Ducks traveling to Palo Alto to take on the Stanford Cardinal, a huge Pac twelve North rivalry. The Ducks are favored by eight points, and the over under is fifty seven and a half. Oh, give me Oregon. I love Oregon this year. Give me Oregon for sure. I definitely agree. Coming at 3.30 on the Big Ten Network, we have the number 11 Ohio State Buckeyes traveling to Jersey to take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The Buckeyes are favored by 15 points. Over-under is 58 points. As I alluded to, Rutgers – 
honestly did not play that bad against Michigan. And Ohio State's run defense is not great. And I've seen – I watched the whole Rutgers game. Rutgers is a very RPO-heavy offense, especially a lot of read options. So they're going to need to stop that in order to survive against the Scarlet Knights. Can you hear me? Definitely agree, but I'm definitely taking Ohio. Yeah, I think the Ohio State Buckeyes win, but I, I, uh, I like Rutgers to cover, especially after wow. last week. Rutgers is one of those teams that can change week to week. Um, I'm, I'm still taking Ohio State to cover. Yeah, at 6 p.m. on ESPN, we have the number 10 Florida Gators traveling to face undefeated Kentucky. The Gators are favored by eight points. Over under is 55 points. So, Nick, do the Florida Gators beat Kentucky for the 34th time in the last 35 years? (laughs) Uh, Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, yes, they do. I know Kentucky's undefeated, but it's a little bit of an overrated undefeated record. Give me Florida. I agree, especially since they struggled with South Carolina last week. I had a lot of Kentucky fans coming at me saying that Florida is going to be a breeze. And I'm like, all right, everyone needs to relax. You've beaten Kentucky once, you've beaten Florida once in the last 34 years. <laughs> yeah. At 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus slash the ACC Network, we have the number 23 North Carolina State Wolfpack hosting Louisiana Tech. The Packer favored by 20 and a half over under is 54. Two words. Go Pack. I'm with you. Go Pack. Yep. At 7 p.m. on the SEC Network, we have number... 15, Texas A&M hosting Mississippi State. The Aggies are favored by seven points. Over-under is 46. I think Texas A&M is going to play absolutely pissed off, especially following that Arkansas loss last week where they did not look great. So two words come to mind. Giggle. <laughs> uh, I think Mississippi State plays them tough, but I'm with you. I think Texas A&M pulls it out. At 7 p.m. on ESPN2, a battle of two newcomers into the top 25. Number 21, Baylor, travels to Stillwater. Yes, I say water, not water. Stillwater, (laughs) Oklahoma. Stillwater, Oklahoma, to take on the number 19 Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Cowboys, they are favored by three and a half points. Over-unders, 47 and a half. These teams really haven't played anybody, but... I think Gundy is the better coach, so I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, who? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I wanted to go the other way just to disagree, but I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. At 7.30 on Fox Sports 1, we have the number 17 Michigan State Spartans hosting Western Kentucky, who just played Indiana last week and took them to the ropes. Sporty is favored by 10.5. Over under is 64 and a half. Go green, go white, go Sparty. 
Uh, Sparty wins, but Western Kentucky covers. Ooh, I like that. At 10.30 on Fox Sports 1, we have number 20, UCLA, hosting Arizona State. The Bruins are favored by three points over under his 58 and a half. Forks up, taking the Sun Devils in the upset. Ah. I think Daniels is a better quarterback than Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And I like Herm Edwards more than I like Chip Kelly. <laughs> I thought I was going to be that guy. But, yeah, I'm taking Arizona State in the upset. Yep. And our last top 25 game of the week is the number at 11 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. We have the number 18 Fresno State Bulldogs traveling to Hawaii. Yes, because there's an apostrophe between the eyes. So it is Hawaii, not Hawaii. To take on <laughs> Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. The Bulldogs are favored by 10 and a half points. Over under is 65 points. I'm taking the Bulldogs. Bulldogs absolutely crush the spread. I agree. Well, those are our top 25 games of the week. So let's take a dive into week number four of the NFL season. Well, let's take a look at the week four NFL games of the week. So, unfortunately, last week there was some issues with Anchor where my footage did not save. I think that they have fixed that problem. But I did go 11-5 and in my picks last week, which brings me to a season total of 30-18. and It's not good, or it's not great, and it's not terrible. I'm at, a, I believe, a .625. Uh, winning percentage, so I'll take that for now. Uh, as you should. I need to stop betting with my heart, and I'm sitting right at 500, so time to be smart about my picks this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's take a look at them. On the last day of September, Thursday, September 30th, at 8.20 p.m. on the NFL Network, we have the 0-3 Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of, honestly, not a terrible performance last week against the Arizona Cardinals. They will travel to Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, to take on the 2-1 and Cincinnati Bengals. I really cannot believe I'm saying the 2-1 and Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are favored by 7.5 points. And the Bengals beat the Steelers last week. Which this is the first time since 2013 that they have won two straight against the Steelers. And their first time beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh since 2015 last week. So that was a big accomplishment for them. The Bengals are favored by seven and a half points. And the over-under is 46 points. <laughs> I'm taking Cincinnati and I'm taking them outright. I am not impressed but I have never been impressed by Urban Meyer, but I'm definitely not impressed by his transition to the NFL. They have a horrible defense. They have a stagnant-looking offense. I think I have said this for two straight years, that Trevor Lawrence was going to struggle in the NFL, and so far it has proven me right. And Joe Burrow looks great. Cincinnati looks re-energized. Re I'm taking the Bengals in this one for sure. The 3-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals after Thursday night. I mean, I definitely have to agree. I think that there was probably better matchups they could have done on Thursday night, but you know the storyline. It's a rematch of the 2019-2020 National Championship game, Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow. But I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals outright. Over under at 46. I mean, both 
I mean, Cincinnati's offense can put up points. Jacksonville really can't, but I don't know. I like the under in that. I like the under as well. A uh, game I, I probably won't even watch because I'll be like sitting in a panic room. But at 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the one and two. Kansas City Chiefs coming off of a loss at home last week against the L.A. Chargers. They take on my one and two Philadelphia Eagles in the link coming home after the absolute ass whooping that we received by the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs are favored by seven points. Over-under is 54-and-a-half. I'm just going to keep it short and simple. Chiefs win. They cover the spread and the overheads. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's no way in hell that I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lose three games in a row. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. And if somehow, by the grace of God, the Eagles win this game, I'm going to think that I'm going to be dead asleep. I'm not going to believe that it's real life. I'm going to be like, wait, this is real? What? Okay, I'm with you, man. Definitely with you on that. I I just don't see – I am not impressed by what I've seen from Jalen Hurts this year. So, give me the Chiefs. Yeah. At 1 p.m. on Fox – we have the one and two Washington football team coming off of a bad performance last week in Buffalo against the Bills. They travel down to Atlanta, Georgia to take on the one and two Atlanta Falcons to return home after a win against your New York Giants on Eli's retirement day. Washington Thanks for that. By a point. Washington is favored by a point. <laughs> and the over under, excuse me, is at 48 points. I don't even know who to pick in this. Washington's defense is so off the mark from what everybody thought they were going to be, including myself. Um, I think they go out there. One of the worst defenses in the NFL as well. Yeah, I, I, you know, two teams with really horrible defenses. But you got to give me the Wiley veteran. I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta pulls another one out. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, I like, I like Washington in this game, but I will laugh if, um, Washington does lose to Atlanta. Cause I will give Washington a hard time, especially since we beat the Falcons. <laughs> they can sit there and make all the jokes saying that, Oh, Jalen Hurts is the worst quarterback in the division. The Eagles suck. Yeah. Well, we beat the Falcons and you guys didn't. Yep. <laughs> I got nothing to say because we didn't. We couldn't beat the Falcons. So. <laughs> At 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the one and two Houston Texans coming off of a bad loss last Thursday, or actually, not even that bad of a loss. Honestly, surprised me how they kept it close with the Carolina Panthers. They will travel to Orchard Park, New York, to take on the two and one Buffalo Bills who are coming off of a dominant win last week against Washington. I I haven't seen a spread this high in years, but the Buffalo Bills are favored by 16 points, and the over-under is 47. Yeah, you know what, man? Uh, the Buffalo Bills have been putting up monstrous points. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs really clicking. Dawson Knox doing his thing at tight end. Easily his usual slot self 
performing at a high level. I, I got to go with the Bills by three touchdowns in this. I agree. I mean, I have the Bills going to the Super Bowl personally out of the AFC, and they're proving why they are a strong Super Bowl contender. Give me the Bills. Yep. I actually had the Bills coming out of the AFC as well, so I'm with you. Yeah. At 1 p.m. on Fox, we have the 0-3 Detroit Lions coming off of a very, very close loss against the Baltimore Ravens. They will head to Soldier Field <laughs> to take on the 1-2 and two Chicago Bears who got absolutely manhandled by the Cleveland Brownies last week. The yep, Bears they got are favored. Yeah. The Bears are favored by three points, and the over-under is 42 points. You know what? I'm picking the Bears – but I, I almost want the Lions to win because just for Bears fans, if the Lions go in there and beat Chicago, I think come Monday morning, Matt Nagy is no longer employed. So give me, give me the Bears, but I hope the Lions pull it out just for Chicago Bears fans' sake because Nat, Matt Nagy has to be the most incompetent coach in the NFL. One of them. That's for I, sure. Great. I mean – I never really was a big fan of the Chicago Bears. When I did my list on TikTok of teams of like my NFL team favorites and my least favorite, they were in the bottom five. But I'm taking the Detroit Lions outright in the upset. Wow. 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 All right. All right. Then you know what? They played Baltimore really tough last week. They're probably hungry to get that first win for Dan Campbell. I can definitely see it. Yeah. I mean, Yes, they played Cleveland, but Chicago's O-line sucked. Miles Garrett had a career-high four-and-a-half sacks. Justin Fields was sacked nine times. And their total offense was, I think, 49 yards last week. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're you're 100% correct with that, I think. And they it, they let Justin Fields get sacked nine times. It was, it was so bad, it almost looked like Matt Nagy was doing it on purpose just so he could say he was right about Andy Dalton. Oh, I agree. Oh. At 1 p.m. on Fox, we have the 3-0 Carolina Panthers coming off of a win on Thursday night in Houston against the Texans. They will travel to AT&T Stadium to take on the 2-1 and one Dallas Cowboys coming off of a very impressive win Monday night against my Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys, they are favored by 4.5 points. The over-under is 50.5. And, and I actually, I've seen a lot of people talk about this. Greg Olson, he joined the Fox crew this year. He is the play, he is color commentator for Kevin Burkhart. He is calling this game between the Panthers and the Cowboys. <clears throat> Well, you'll never hear me pick the Cowboys. I don't care if they're 16 and 0. So go Panthers. As much as I do want to pick the Panthers, mainly I the only reason why I'm doing this is because Chris McCaffrey's out with a hamstring injury. I'm picking the Cowboys. I will say this about the Cowboys, the defense looks incredibly incredibly improved from last year. So yeah, significantly I, better. Yeah, I I can see them winning. And Dak is back. Yeah, Dak is back. And Dak, listen, it's really hard to hate Dak Prescott. The only reason you oh. could hate Dak Prescott is because of the star on his helmet. If he played for any other team, we'd all love him. 
So, yeah. I mean, I love him anyway, and I hate the Cowboys. So, it's hard to root against Dak, but he still wears that star on his head. So, go Panthers, go. <laughs> At 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the 0-3 Indianapolis Colts. Coming off of a, honestly, pretty decent performance last week in Nashville against the Titans. They will travel to Hard Rock Stadium to take on the 1-2. and two. Miami Dolphins returning home following an overtime loss in Vegas to the Raiders. And this is a revenge game for Jacoby Brissett, the former Colts starting QB. Dolphins are favored by two, over under is 42 and a half. You know what? Uh, and for Frank Reich's sake, I'm doing this because I think Frank, if the Colts fall to 0 4, Frank Reich is that seat is heating up. So it's already lukewarm right now. But I think, I think the Colts pull it off. I think the Colts go to Miami and pull it off. If if Tua was playing, I might be singing a different tune. But I'm picking the Colts in this one. I agree. I'm also picking the Colts. There you go. At one on CBS, we have the two and one Cleveland Browns coming off of a very impressive win last week against the Chicago Bears. They will travel to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on the Minnesota Vikings coming off of their first win of the year last week against Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. The Browns, they are favored by two points, and the over-under is 51-and-a-half. This is one of the best games of the week, and I'm taking the Brownies. I am definitely – I'm taking the Brownies. Look, Kirk Cousins has looked great this year. This is nothing against him, but that Seattle defense is nothing compared to this Cleveland Browns defense. I think they uh, I think they do a much better job of slowing down that Minnesota offense. Give me the Brownies. I agree. Give me the Brownies. I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins ate apart that Seattle defense, but if you actually look at their defense last year, even with the almighty Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, they were not just one of the worst defenses, especially passing defenses last year. They were one of the worst passing defenses in NFL history. Yeah, I, I just don't see the improvements that I've wanted to see from Seattle's defense. I know they looked pretty good beating the Colts the first week, but um, no. No, I just I can't pick them. I cannot pick them this week. Neither can I. Oh. At 1 p.m. on Fox, this is, this is going to be so weird to say this new name for their stadium, but I'm going to have to say it anyway. We have the 0-3 New York Giants coming off of a very heartbreaking loss against the Atlanta Falcons. This is why I say it's weird because it used to be called Mercedes-Benz, but their contract expires, expired. Now it is the Caesars Superdome after Caesars Palace to take on the 2-1 New Orleans Saints who come home after a very dominant performance last week in Foxborough against the Patriots. The Saints are favored by seven and a half points, and the over-under is 42. I have nothing to say except give me the Saints. Yeah, uh, my best friend is a Saints fan, so I'm taking who that nation. I mean, it, I, I really, with this stretch of games we're going on here, I think the Giants have a chance to start 0-9 on the season. <laughs> well, since I said who that, I'm also going to bring this one up. Who do they think going to beat them Bengals? Not the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> At Funny. 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the 2-1 and one Tennessee Titans coming off of a win last week 
a big AFC South win last week against the Indianapolis Colts. They will travel to MetLife Stadium to take on the 0-3 New York Jets, who got blanked, goose-egged, last week against the Denver Broncos in Denver. I I don't even think this one's going to be close. Tennessee might even be without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Don't even matter. Give me the Titans by at least two scores. Yeah, and I'm hoping Julio plays because he is on my fantasy team. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm surprised that it's only a seven-point spread. I'm easily taking the Titans. Yep, they're going to cover no problem. At 4.05 on Fox, this – oh, boy, this is huge for the NFC West. We have the 3-0 Arizona Cardinals coming off of a win last week in Jacksonville against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They will travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the 3-0 LA Rams who just beat the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams, they are favored by four and a half points. Over under is 55. And some people don't even know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to play in this game. So I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. um, But... I think this game comes down to a field goal. I do. I just – listen, don't get me wrong. I think the Rams are a clear-cut Super Bowl favorite. Matt Stafford looking like a damn MVP out there. Nine touchdowns, one pick. Um, Just go – McVay can do with an actual competent quarterback. Uh, And I I, I love the Rams. I think they might – they're probably coming out of the NFC for me. Everybody doesn't want me to overreact to last week's – and make no mistake about it, the final score was only by 10, but the Rams put the beat down on on uh, on the Bucks. And Deshaun Jackson is back. I know you don't like hearing that, but even even 85-year-old Deshaun Jackson is out there and he's back. I, I, the Cardinals just don't have the defense to hang with a, a complete team like the Los Angeles Rams. But it's a divisional game, so I just I have that feeling it's going to be close. Honestly, I was actually happy for D-Jack to score last week. Uh, I'm definitely taking the Rams. The Rams definitely did surprise me last week. I thought they were going to win. I specified this. I thought, because I was talking to OJ No Sports about this, who is a Buccaneers fan, I thought the Rams were going to win in overtime. I did not expect them to win by double digits. And to be honest, the final score is not even indicative of how dominant the win was. So No. And like I said last week, that was a preview of the NFC Championship. 100%. At 4.05 on Fox, we have the 1-2 and Seattle Seahawks coming off of a loss last week in Minnesota against the Vikings. They will travel to Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California to take on the 2-1 and San Francisco 49ers who left too much clock. For Aaron Rodgers last week, <laughs> even though it was 37 seconds. Niners yeah. by two and a half over under is 52. You got to give, you got to give me the Niners in this one, even in their loss, they looked good. I know it's tough to say that they looked good in a loss, um, but, but I'm taking the Niners right now. I, I, again, that Seattle defense isn't, isn't doing anything to say to me, hey, we can stop even Jimmy G and this kind of stagnant Niners offense. And plus the Niners defense, we know how good they are. 
give me give me the Niners. I agree. I'm taking the Niners. I think Debo Samuel is going to have an absolute field day on that secondary. Uh, I'm with you. I think Brandon Ayuk has his breakout game. Oh, 100%. At 425 on CBS, we have the 2-1 and one Baltimore Ravens coming off of beating the Detroit Lions on Justin Tucker setting a new NFL record for the game-winning 66-yard field goal against the Detroit Lions, which is what I was alluding to when we were talking about the Bears. Everyone was making a meme that Justin Tucker's field goal was more than the Bears' total offense on Sunday. They will travel to Mile High to take on the 3-0 Denver Broncos, who blanked the Jets last week. Originally, the Broncos were favored by one point. The spread is now even. And the over-under is 45. So, basically, you're just picking a team outright. Well, I'm taking the under, and I'm taking the Ravens. Even though a lot of people have said, oh, the Broncos haven't played anybody, their combined record for teams is 0-9. There's just something about that Denver pass rush and Baltimore's O-line. I'm taking the Broncos. All right. That's that. That's a little bit of a shocker. You know, the pass rush took a little bit of a hit losing Bradley Chubb. Um, so I can see why you take the Broncos. Their secondary looks great, too. Um, again, it, it's going to be a hard-fought game. There's a lot of hard-fought games next week, but I'm taking the Ravens. I agree. <laughs> no, you don't agree. You're taking the Broncos. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Going to be a hard fought game. Oh, yeah. This is the Nansen Romo game because they love going here. At 425 on CBS, we have the one and two Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Spellers. There you go, Yinzers. Coming off of a game where they got, who am I kidding? Joe Burrow made them, made the Steelers defense look like they call him dad. The Steelers will travel to Lambeau to take on the 2-1 and one Green Bay Packers who are coming off of a win on Sunday Night Football against the 49ers. The Packers are favored by 6.5, and, and the over-under, it's at 45. There isn't much to say about this one. Steelers don't look like the same old Steelers. This might be the first season that Mike Tomlin finishes under 500. Give me the Packers. Three words. Go, Pack, go. I'm taking the <laughs> Always been a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Had a lot of I have a lot of respect for him. I have zero respect for Ben Roethlisberger. I don't care if the charges were dropped, but he had that crap off the field. I have zero respect for him. Hundred percent. At eight twenty, which this one's going to need a longer introduction before I get into your pick. At eight twenty <coughs> on Sunday Night Ball, Tom Brady's return to Gillette Stadium. The 2-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off of a loss in L.A. last week against the L.A. Rams. They will travel to Gillette to take on the 1-2 and two New Orleans or New England Patriots who got absolutely dominated by the New Orleans Saints last week. It is Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. The Buccaneers are favored by 7. The over-under is 49 points. And if Tom Brady wins this game, he becomes the fourth quarterback in NFL history 
joining Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees to be the only four quarterbacks in NFL history to beat all 32 teams. Uh, give me the Buccaneers by 50, if it's even possible. I'm serious. Pa- the Patriots, the only thing they got going for them, in my opinion, right now is that defense. But I don't even think they slow Tom Brady down and the Bucks defense. I think they're going to have a field day with Mac Jones. Give, give me the Buccaneers by a lot. I agree. Give me the Buccaneers. Tom Brady will be joining those three great quarterbacks in the history books. Yep. And our final game on Monday night at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, we have the 3-0 and Las Vegas Raiders coming off of an – their second overtime win of the year. This time they beat the Miami Dolphins. They will travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the 2-1 and Chargers who surprised the league last week and came away with their second straight win in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. And who am I kidding? I, it's their – it, it was their third win in Arrowhead in the last four – years you know three three and five against the Chiefs in the last four years it's not exactly great but I really 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 am high on Justin Herbert I I think that kid is I think he was just born to be a quarterback in the National Football League give me the Chargers to hand the Raiders the first their first loss bolts up I'm taking the Chargers which the Chargers, they're favored by three points over under is 52 and a half. Yeah, I think the Raiders finally come back down to reality a little bit. Give me Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I agree. Well, those are our NFL picks of the week. That is going to wrap it up for episode number 39 of Broad Sports. Nick, my man. It was a pleasure having you on here, especially knowing that you were actually my first true big guest being a professional sports analyst yourself. I'm trying to get into that field as well as I am studying cinema and television arts at Elon university in Elon, North Carolina with a focus on sports broadcasting. So Nick, I definitely want to thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, Kev, thank you so much for having me on man. And trust me having, you know, I've only been in the business a couple of years now and you definitely have a future in this business. You know what you're talking about. You speak very well. You got everything down pat. You're entertaining. You're funny. I want to apologize to the audience for my little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to me. And, uh, you know, Kev, again, thanks so much for having me on. I can't wait to do it again, partner. As always, Nick, it is a pleasure. And thank you so much for those kind words. I really do appreciate that. That, of that course, man. episode number 39 of Broad Sports. Please follow Broad Sports on our social media pages on <laughs> on Twitter and on TikTok where we have just reached 41,000 followers. You! Uh, yeah. I hope you guys all give those social media pages a visit, hopefully a follow as well. But for and Nick Mack from Mac Daddy the Ryan Show, host Kevin Cohn from Broad Sports, signing off. I hope you all have an amazing day.